time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Hey, welcome to another edition of Reengineering Your Finances. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Charles Weldy of CP Weldy Group. Charles is the founder. He's a certified financial planner and CPA, and always excited to talk to Charles a little bit about what's going on in the financial world and learn a little bit about how we can be better savers, investors, and better prepared for retirement. So looking forward to all of that with you today, Charles, as we discuss the three most crucial retirement risks and break all those down. Before we get into the nitty and gritty, are you doing well, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing real well. I mean, Memorial Day's right around the corner. You know, what, two, three-day weekend will be fun. You know, nothing planned, but maybe a barbecue at home with the family. But all, nice. everything's good. No, no, no golf good. planned? I thought, we'd, I thought I'd hear a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, you golf know what? Uh, I golfed on Wednesday. You know, uh, it was fun. But, uh, you know, I don't know what it is about that sport. The more I play, the worse I get. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, uh, that is problematic. I thought maybe after the winter break, you'd be raring and ready to go again. But uh, Yeah. Uh, I think I got to adjust what's between the two ears. You know, I think yes. it's all in the head. Definitely well, you know, I know pickleball is really popular, especially among the retiree and pre-retiree crowd these days. And we picked up that sport uh, a couple of weeks ago, Charles, and oh. kind of took wow. to it naturally. Been a lot of fun. It was such an easy sport to kind of learn and engage with. But same thing, I cannot serve to save my life. I can dive all over the court. I can do net battles. I can run to the back and hit something. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm good at the rest of the game, but I can't land a serve in the rectangle to save my life. I just wow. don't know what it is. It's something about, it's an underhand, easy shot, even just trying to take some steam off of it. I still shanking it left and right every single time. So I feel like I've got a little bit of that in between the ears syndrome going on. Don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, practice, practice, practice. That's what I need to do. I need to get out there and just hit, <laughs> hit 100 in a row, right? And just until you get it down, something like that. Well, let's dive into the main topic today, Charles, and break down these three most crucial retirement risks. What is uh, the first one that you would want to highlight for folks today? Yeah, well, I just want to kind of set the context of the podcast, Walter. Uh, there's actually 18, you know, retirement planning risk. And, uh, you know, if I, if I spent a half an hour talking about all 18, people would get bored. But really, what I really found out was that if I really like focus on three of them, then the other 15 magically disappear because, you know, the three uh, most crucial retirement risks really start with number one, longevity risk. So think about it. Uh, longevity risks. Like most people that retire, we're looking at a 25, 30 year retirement, right? And basically that's a long time. And, you know, during the course of 25, 30 years, if you don't have a plan, you know, what your expenses are, what inflation is going to be, uh, healthcare costs, you know, uh, projecting like for long-term care, future income taxes, I think you're, you know, kind of going to be at a deficit. So, uh, for the most part, you know, inflation, People use treadline inflation of 3%, but we have seen in the last like 10 years that healthcare inflation is almost double that. So uh, again, you know, knowing that, you know, you have a written plan, uh, planning for 25, 30 year retirement, creating a rising income, you know, really like being aware of your tax bracket, your tax liability, um, you know, accounting for, for healthcare costs. I mean, many people, when they retire, they retire from a, you know, a, a job where they, they had healthcare taken care of. And all of a sudden, here they are at age 65 paying for Medicare. Uh, maybe they don't know what, you know, what the budget for, but for what I've seen is like 600 to 750 a month per person is really what people have to put away for Medicare and healthcare costs. And that's if they're healthy. 
And then taxes, I mean, you know, if I asked uh, 100 people if they think taxes are going to stay the same, go up or go down, most people would say they're going to go up. So these the various components have to be in a written plan. And uh, the beauty of a written plan, and again, I keep on harping on it. I mean, you know, instead of like worrying about market volatility and reacting to the market, a written plan will, if it's done properly, will help you embrace volatility by really putting your money in different time segments so that if things are down, you're not worried about it because you have the cash to supplement, you know, for a certain period of time. If things are up, you don't get overly um, elated because, you know, the reality of it is in the stock market, you know, things aren't constant. So longevity risk, planning for a 25, 30 year retirement is really critical. And, um, you know, again, those people that, uh, you know, maybe made the wrong, wrong social security decision, you know, they might look back, you know, if they live 25, 30 years and say, hey, should I maybe have waited till I was 70. So it's, it's a myriad of things that can be addressed in a written financial plan. And longevity risk, we call it the risk multiplier because the longer you live, the more long-term care, healthcare costs, taxes, inflation, you know, are out to really like impede your retirement. Not great. And uh, it's too bad. You know, living a long time is supposed to be a good thing. But when it comes with all these complications and, and that longevity risk creeps up, if we're not ready for it, uh, that that's a big issue. And that's a problem. And so definitely worth highlighting on the show today, Charles. So that's uh, the first big, crucial retirement risk. How about number two? Number two, somewhat, um, it's like a snake. You don't see it until it comes up and bites you. It's called sequence of returns risk. Uh, sequence of returns risk. It's hard to define, but basically, uh, I'm just going to give um, kind of an example. I mean, when we're, we're saving, there's there's really like two stages of a money cycle. There's accumulation stage and there's distribution stage. And obviously, when you're working, you're accumulating, you're, you know, hopefully investing in, in stocks for the long term. But when you decide to retire, all of a sudden now you're in this distribution stage. And distribution, you know, has a different set of rules. So let's just say that, you know, I'm working and, um, you know, I've got like 10 years to, towards retirement until I retire. Uh, I'm praying, I'm praying, Walter, for markets to go down. Why? Because I'm a buyer of equities. And if they, if the market goes down, I'm buying more shares at cheaper prices. So the accumulation phase, it really doesn't matter whether the market's up or down. I mean, you're accumulating, you're not taking any money out, but, when you hit the distribution phase, when you start taking money out of your portfolio, that's when sequence of returns risk is critical. Because if you take money out of an account that went down in value, you will never get it back. So it's kind of critical, I think, that when you develop a plan, when you're trying to address this sequence of returns risk, that not only do you have an accumulation vehicle, you also have a conservative vehicle where you can take income from and perhaps where you can take income from, it can't go down in value. That's really critical. You know, I've said on prior podcasts, we have like a process called the bucket, bucket plan process. And what's great about that is, you know, it doesn't focus on returns. It really focuses on the income that you're going to need during your 25, 30 year retirement. And what we do is we actually segregate your money in terms of when it will be needed. So if you need money for emergencies, hey, it's in the bank. It's, you know, it's not making a lot, but it's there when you need it. Really critical. If you need money to, you know, every month to supplement your social security and or your pension, it's there when you need it. Why? Because we have that preservation piece. It's invested more conservatively. Maybe it's only making 3%. 
But I'd rather somebody make 3% and pull the money out of something they can't go down than make maybe as high as 10 and as low as negative 10. And when they pull the money out, they never get it back. So that's critical. And then if we get those two pieces right, the emergency fund and really the income gap fund funded properly, it gives us permission to put the remaining monies in the later bucket for growth. So uh, sequence of returns risk, again, like I started the segment off with, like a, it gets you like a snake. You don't even see it. All of a sudden it bites you. People can think they're making six, seven, eight percent a year. And if they're taking money out of an account that went down in value, they're going to run out of money sooner rather than later. So that's really critical. And I really think that, you know, with the bucket planning approach, people can embrace volatility instead of avoiding it. Uh, what I mean by that is, hey, you know, if, if the volatility is in that later bucket, you know, and you don't need it for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, we can stomach that volatility because you have that income coming in systematically, you know, for the first five to 10 years. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense, Charles. Yeah. And I love the visual. Well, I don't really love the visual, but I, it is an effective visual of that snake in the grass sneaking up on us. So yeah, I can, I can see why sequence of returns is easily overlooked. I mean, even the, even just the name of it, right? We, we should as, as a financial professional, uh, in the industry, uh, Charles, somebody should come up with a better name for that so that people pay more attention to it, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The snake, I agree. the snake in the grass sequence or something <laughs> like that that just perks your ears up a little bit more. Cause yeah, I'm sure some people hear sequence of returns and oh, what, you know, fall asleep a little bit. So, exactly. um, yeah, that, that no wonder it's so sneaky. Uh, all right. What's the third most crucial retirement risk you want to highlight today? I think it's like, it's really future taxes. I mean, I think most people will agree that tax rates are probably going to go up sooner rather than later. I mean, you know, with our national deficit being like 32 trillion almost, I mean, where are they going to get the money from? But I think as a consumer and as a retiree, people can't keep their head in the sand and ignore taxes. They really have to understand how they work. And it really isn't that difficult. Like what we try to do is we try to educate our clients on their marginal tax bracket. So basically, I mean, years ago, I was like an advocate of um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the power is zero. David McKnight. Uh, have you ever heard of him, David McKnight? Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know. I was going to be the hero. I was going to get everybody in the 0% tax bracket. You know, I was going to be a hero. But the reality of it is, uh, you know, after I got trained by David and did some of his seminars, I really realized that, hey, you know what? Most people, you know, it's almost impossible, not, not most, but some people, it's impossible to put them in the 0% tax bracket because they have Social Security, they have a pension, they might have rental income. They might have some things coming in that they can't turn off and they'll never be in the 0% tax bracket. And then a light bulb went off in my, you know, brain about two years ago. I, I took a course called the tax management journey and the tax management journey had a visual of the tax brackets. I think there's seven of them. It starts at 10. It ends up at like 37. And basically they were color coded. The first two, 10 and 12% were color coded green. The next three, I think it was 22, 24, maybe 32 were painted orange. And then the top one, 35, 37, they were painted red. And the symbolism was like, hey, you know, green is good, red is bad. And, you know, the middle is where all the planning takes place. And what I realized is that even if you're a married couple, you could have about $110,000 of income and still be in the 12% tax bracket. And, you know, 
just because you're in the 12% tax bracket doesn't mean you're paying 12% because some of the money's taxed at 10, some's at 12. Most people get a standard deduction. You know, if you're single, it's, it's 14 grand round numbers. If you're married, it's, uh, what, 28 grand round numbers. So think about it. Like if you really diversified your income, not just your investments between stocks, bonds, you know, whatever, but your diversification in the tax arena would be pre-tax, post-tax, tax-free. You could actually create a portfolio that would keep you in the 12% tax bracket. Most people that I meet, you know, over their retirement lifetime. And, and how important is that? I think it's really important because you know, most people on this podcast don't realize that if you're in the 12% tax bracket, your capital gains tax is zero, right? So you could be selling stock, you know, periodically and not paying any capital gains tax. You could have qualified dividends on your investments and not pay any, any uh, tax on those qualified dividends if you're in the 12% tax bracket. So just visualize, uh, we'll just use like 85,000 is the, the cutoff uh, for the 12% tax bracket. So, uh, you know, 85,000 and let's just use 25,000 for standard deduction. So that's what? That's 110 grand of income we could have still be in the 12% tax bracket. If we need more and we plan properly, we could take the excess over that 85,000 or the 110 adding the, um, the standard deduction. We could take that money out of a tax-free vehicle and still be in the 12% tax bracket. So I know I'm saying a lot, but it's so uh, clear to me that if people not only did financial planning to, uh, you know, know what they needed, when they would need it, uh, where they're going to get it from. If they factored in how to integrate tax planning with financial planning, I think their money would last a lot longer. And there's studies that have been done. I, you know, I just, they were done years ago, but I recall that if you have, if you, uh, introduce tax planning to your retirement plan, the same money could last three to seven years longer. So that's a big deal. Yeah, all of those are certainly big deals, Charles. But, you know, I'm guessing, in, and you mentioned there were 18 different risks that you probably could have spent quite a bit of time on each and every single one of them today if we, you know, had the time and ability to go through them all. But highlighting these three certainly is uh, is very crucial and important. And I imagine that your planning process at CP Weldy Group, uh, this is where your focus is, right? You're looking at all these different risks and then solving for them, either preventing them in the first place or fixing them if somebody's already been exposed to the issue. Yeah. Someone smarter than me told me years ago, there's no such thing as no risk. You're going to take risk today for safety and security tomorrow, or you're going to take no risk today and you're going to have risk tomorrow. Right. So there's no way of getting out of this world without taking risk. Well, very good. Thank you for all the help today, Charles, and filling us in on the details of these risks that we should be paying attention uh, to and also connecting how your planning process helps solve for these different things. And so if you'd like to talk about getting a comprehensive financial plan and making sure that you're getting a tax-efficient retirement plan, that's what Charles specializes in as well, make sure to reach out. If you have any of those questions, you can call Charles directly at 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. 7705. And you can also go online to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. We're going to put the contact information for Charles in the description of today's show so you can find it very easily. For Charles Weldy, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking the time to join us. And we'll see you again next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances.
Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.